Hello and welcome everybody to Star Peace Wednesdays. I am so excited for today's session. I can literally just about sit down because I have a very wonderful being. I call her <laughs> new archetype, the Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> the Wonder Woman. <laughs> Thrive Paradigm Queen, the wonderful <laughs> Julie Gern. That is funny. <laughs> and Julie and I met, well, I think it was probably about, it was probably 2012, to be honest, if I remember correctly, but it was yeah, a good 10 years ago. And I was blown away by your beautiful sharing at the Birthlight Conference. And, you know, those of you who know me know I was a Birthlight, um, Birthlight teacher and trainer for, well, most of my life actually most of my adult life and then came to here and to everything we're doing now and as I as star peace got activated I started to feel this impulse to reconnect with some of the beautiful souls I met in the birthing world because it's so important to bring this into the mainstream and who do I keep seeing but Julie popping up everywhere not only is Julie popping up everywhere but there's this word thrive and there's this new world paradigm and I'm like talking the same language so I know you seeded this in me wonderful woman and I am really excited to have you here so um how to introduce you <laughs> I'm interested to hear because I even I can't do that <laughs> oh well I think I love what you said about the fact that you've been so steeped in the birthing world and actually you didn't come with a desire to be a mother you've never had that desire to be a mother but you came with a desire to change the world and that intention and that desire brought you into the birthing world and very strongly involved with the United Nations as well. And, you know, what you say about this is it's critical period time. We're all affected by it. Right. So our time in the womb, our conception, our first few years of life, they they kind of set us up either to be ready to thrive or survive. And this is the time, is it not? It's been for a long time. We're halfway through a, a birth canal, a corridor, if you like, of shifting consciousness in humanity. And you have created a book, a summit, um, a, a whole process for people. You know, we've got the five pillars to talk about. I could just go on and on and on, but I'm going to invite you to step in and say what you would like to say about where you are now, what inspired your journey and uh, what you want to share with us today. Fantastic. Thank you so much for inviting me, Rosie Glow. You're welcome. And um, I did have to tell everybody how you called me. Um, I copied it and put it in the chat in our work and said, look what I'm being called. Why? Because I'm the person who shies away from being called anything because I've never wanted to be put in a box. So I'm just Julie. So what happened to Julie is that after a pretty rocky start, very um, early start to relationships, to, to, to boys, to men in Hong Kong, in a fast-paced expat um, lifestyle. And at the age of 15, I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, if this is life, I'm out of here. <laughs> this isn't just good. This isn't going to do it. Uh, school, no thanks. Really? Really? You really believe this? I just couldn't do it. So... Um, total misfit that brought um, me then to uh, Sussex in the UK, where my parents had no money. Uh, they had no job. They lived out of the UK for years, so we're not entitled to any benefits. And we landed in a, a big house in the Sussex countryside 
with nothing around. So we were all going through these tremendous withdrawals of this fast-paced life where we would be in discotheques and taking taxis everywhere and a city that never sleeps and noise all the time to nothing. No money, can't go out, nothing to do, depressed parents. Um, and it was there that um, one night my, my sister had said to my mother, if you don't take me back to Hong Kong, I'll commit suicide. So they flew off and stayed back with friends in Hong Kong. And I was left with my father in this house with nothing to do, nowhere to go, and a depressed father. And in the middle of the night, the middle of the black, 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 um, no outside lights, suddenly I went through a really panic of adrenaline because I felt that somebody had entered, a man had entered into the house and he was coming up the stairs. And I, my heart started to pound and I was just completely contracted and frightened. And I started to think, as you do when you've got adrenaline running through your body, um, that's it. Should I just pull the bed covers over my head and pretend I'm, I'm asleep? There was nothing there to take anywhere. So I was not worried about him taking anything. Um, and or do I jump out and kind of play the hero and try to, you know, stop this burglar or whoever it was? All this is running through my head. And then that's it. In my mind's eye, because it was a black dark room, in my mind's eye, I see and hear the door handle opening. And I really thought I was going to die. The door opens. And this figure, just this black figure in the blackness, goes into the middle of the room and as I follow it in again now I'm with my mind's eye my inner eye and my eyes were peeking over the sheets um, suddenly this figure turns into a point of light and this light starts to spread and I've always been used to seeing things in the invisible since I was ch a child living in a, a trance state and being out of my body, in my body, that was kind of quite normal for me. But when I saw this light, I thought, okay, this isn't kind of like somebody's put the light on light because I couldn't see anything in the room. I just saw the light. Mm. And as it started to spread, it suddenly engulfed me. Mm. And in that split second, I felt totally loved, unconditionally loved, totally safe, connected with the whole web of wife, life, wife, <laughs> life, and um, one with everything. And I remember feeling that like nothing else could have ever come close to that. And then I fell asleep. And the next morning, I bolted up when my father very kindly brought in a cup of tea for me and he said oh how come like you bolted up normally as a teenager I'm 16 years old nothing to get up for um, I would just you know have slept until 10 or 11 o'clock and now I was bolted up wide awake and my father said to me are you all right and in that moment I felt I knew that I had lived many 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 lifetimes that I was just 
part and parcel of this complete ocean of connected life. I was totally self safe, totally loved, and um, that was me. And so I heard this little voice that said, don't try to explain it to your father. He won't understand. Oh, okay. So I go out of the house. And the first time I'd really been in the, the garden, except to hang the washing up, the sheep in the field nearby, that even when we put the washing out, used to run up the field away. They all came towards me. They all looked over at me. And I looked at them. I was just one with everything. Every blade of grass was just ablaze with light. And so I started to prophesy and I told my, um, my father, don't worry, you'll get a job. It'll be fantastic, which he did. But I ended up at 16 um, in the UK. I didn't know more than half a dozen people if that, with no money on my own. And I just felt totally one with the universe. So not only felt, well, I can say I, I was, I am one with the universe. So that was the kind of really the start. And, um, and basically, so I just followed on from there. But I, I didn't know what other people thought, you know, I was 16. So I had to kind of go around the world and figure out, well, what do you think? What do you think? And I had an incredible experience as thinking, uh-uh, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. Mm -hmm. And absolutely amazed at what these adult people actually believe. And um, so this led me to, to meet a spiritual teacher. Um, maybe you, you might have heard him, Omra Mikhail Ivanov, when I was 22. And in his teachings... He clearly said, if we were to look after pregnant mothers in two generations, 50 years, we could close all our hospitals and all our prisons. Because that's what I was really getting at. If I'm living this, that means that this is true for everybody. Everybody has this light within them. Everybody's connected to this web of life. Everybody's loved unconditionally. But why don't people get it? Why people suffer? So as I explored all sorts of different paths, when I found this out, I said, that's it. It's the way we come into the world that we get hypnotized mm -hmm. and we actually get hijacked mm -hmm. by invisible beings as well. Mm -hmm. So I know that with this group and star piece, I can, I can say all this. Oh, you can um, so say it. I, I... Absolutely, yeah. So a lot happens when we literally transition in our consciousness from being a soul, pure consciousness, into building our body. And we co-build it with our parents. And, um, and so this is where um, we get messed up. I was going to say something else, but that wouldn't be very polite. Uh, you can be you can like, <laughs> and before we go on, I just want to say this because I've already just had some really visceral like woo activations as you've been speaking. Julie doesn't know this, but I used to live in Singapore. Um, so I had that experience and actually I very similar to you, I got to 14 and I was like, I don't want to live anymore. What is this? I was so depressed. I was overweight looking at my parents going, you guys don't know what you're doing. 
hated school. I was like, what are you teaching me? This is ridiculous, right? And um, I really, what I really have picked up, you know, I've been saying this, I'm like, Julie's like me. She's just 20 years ahead of me. She's 20 years ahead of me. And you kind of revealed your age. I was like, that's exactly right. (laughs) And I'm just like, so like, you're, you're a code keeper of Paradise Earth. This is kind of what I'm really, really hearing. And, you know, we're all starseeds in this space. So we're here to remember, you know, what we came here for. The other thing you said that just made me tingle was in two generations, because this was the impulse I got from Star Peace was if we actually work with the entertainment industry and change the narrative and the collective through clever storytelling, I was told in one generation, one to two generations, it's done. Peace is declared. But we need to make peace exciting for people because I think they're exactly. really boring. Exactly. So this lady has been talking to me about superpowers, about like stuff that we've never talked before about. And as it's coming towards me, I'm like, this is it. This is the oneness that we're connected to. And that figure reminds me of this when you said, you know, the dark figure and the adrenaline and everything else is that scared is sacred scrambled you know those places where that are terrifying is where there is so much magic and and healing to you know we just need to go into them and face them back to you though I just wanted to exactly around that a little bit because I'm fascinated (laughs) yeah there's a lot in there first of all yes peace does have to be um high vibration and people used to say to me oh yeah but there's meditation stuff it's all kind of wishy-washy especially if you're living off adrenaline so, and I can relate to that because that's what I first felt when I found myself in this countryside house, like there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And yet after this experience, everything was there. Yes. When you actually get weaned off adrenaline and start to consciously secrete oxytocin and endorphins, which are a natural high, you're not flat. You don't wean off to a nothing land. Oxytocin and endorphins are as powerful, if not more, and I'll tell you how they are more, than your adrenaline kick. So everybody's a junkie in here somehow. And um, we get our fix. So, you know, if you watch movies and things like that, just have a look at what is it you're looking at. Is it that kind of frightening stuff? Because you're not really interested in what's going on in the movie. You're getting your, your fix of that adrenaline kick. And the, the good thing is, is that once you actually wean over to the oxytocin and endorphins, your body finds its new default setting. And it's only then that the real life and the real magic starts. Mm. Because... Your body now has optimum conditions. It doesn't have to fight against itself, against life, to try to make everything happen, which in adrenaline it does because everything's blocked down. Mm. So it's now open. And you actually start, this is one of the things that we teach people. Um, Again, it's a bit of a long story how I got into it. Um, well, actually, I will tell the beginning because it's, it's, it's quite important. And many of you will probably be able to relate to this as I was kind of disconnected with this life and I just felt that's it I'm a being of light and um, well who needs this world anyway Um, being an out-of-body experience we leave our body 
and on its own. It's got to fend for itself. And um, when we're here in this body to make peace with the body and live in the body. So what I experienced as I went on from the age of 20, I actually had ovarian cancer and I never told anybody. So my experience was actually to come into the body. And what I discovered that when you make peace, whether it's with your body, whether it's with your heart, your emotions, with your mind, um, and you live in this world of love as a state of consciousness, then all these inner doors start to open. And that's when you start to say, wow, <laughs> this is so cool. This is far out. Mm -hmm. And the first impression for me is that you grow wings. Mm -hmm. And that for me is a sign of that it's the soul wanting to expand into the universe. Like my ring. <laughs> wow, what is that you have on your hand? Wings. Oh, that's oh, I see the wings. <laughs> have to be careful with the finger up there. That's what I'm actually. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah, you grow these, you have this impression that you can fly. And a lot of people actually have dreams and things that they do fly mm. because somehow we have this power that actually comes out of our, um, yeah, in French, the word is homoplat. Um, shoulder blades? It, the shoulder blades, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've lived in France for too long. <laughs> so, um, so basically, and that's actually why angels and things are depicted with wings because we actually have energy field that comes out of there that allows our soul to expand. And it comes from the chest, the back, all in that area, the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. And so when this happens, you kind of feel like, wow, you're lifting off and you then start to become powerful. Mm -hmm. And what happens is actually you get a magic wand. So you end up with these wings and all that goes with it. So it's very strong sensations. Don't think that you're not going to get strong sensations because you get, you know, your bliss is a very strong sensation. Mm -hmm. So that's another story because I had to wean myself off that because you just have to keep going. It just keeps getting better. You don't want to stop at any level, no matter how tempting it is, because you say, wow, this is so cool. I never want to leave this. But the curtain opens, the door opens, and then there's another level. Mm. And you're being invited to this ascension to another level of vibration. Mm. And then other doors open. And each door brings its new gifts and its capacities. And you just keep saying, wow. And then you get your magic wand. And you enter into being able to really be a conscious creator. And that's another thing I've done now is create um, a program called actually it's called the conscious creation plan because people do birth plans they do business plans and I'm doing conscious creation plans because it actually all follows a plan mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, you know birth is not just random mm -hmm. there's a design to it mm -hmm. and when you can slow it down and really have a look at it it's absolutely stunning 
that this this is just I'm laughing because anyone who's been through my programs will be laughing at everything you're saying because you know we talk about wings we talk about magic wands and it's like the the anusara yoga which was one of the trainings I did the tantra path it means literally to flow with grace and they talk about the wings of the heart and you know this how you align and one of the things that dropped in for me recently was accessing the zero point field comes from accessing zero balance in our bodies. And that is that still point. It's coming to, if you like, the space between the in-breath and the out-breath. And the way you've described ascension to me is it is this, it's like almost like a computer game, isn't it? You learn this level where you get, you know, you learn the master in this level and then you're invited to the next level. And the joy of being on this earth and actually choosing to embody is to do this in physical because in the non-physical we're, we're dab hands at it right we've done it we, that's why I mean Julie is so a, a star seed we don't even need to have this conversation right but we come from higher frequency into this lower density to remind everyone that this is a possibility and I think particularly for teenagers because I know I struggled with food with addictions you know with sex all of it trying to fill myself up yeah. because I felt empty and as you said, it's we're not empty, but we need that activation. And that activation is if we don't have that in our family to sort of help us to activate and thrive it, which, you know, in the future, it's going to come from preconception times. Right. That's what we're seeding now is this preparation, even in school. Like how far back do we go in terms of preparing to thrive? But um, when you look at the ills of this world, they are from your perspective and my perspective, very easily remedied, right? If we utilize this, this whole concept that we can fully be here as our soul consciousness in our human bodies. Um, I have a course called the Superconscious Co-Creating Method. I'm like, we're literally like, just, you know, like it's, it's just a miracle and it's all amazing. Um, where would you like to go from here, lovely Judy? Do you wanna, do you wanna I mean, you mentioned I wanted to talk a little bit about archetype shifts because I loved what you said about that and the five pillars that you talk about. I talk about six pillars of divine leadership. So I'm really curious in the synergy here and, of course, your book and the summit. So we've got a fair bit to get in here. Where would you like to go next? Well, as you mentioned, let's have a little um, exploration into archetypes. Um, because we did mention them the other day as we were having a, a catch-up chat. And um, archetypes are very, very powerful. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you might be with them. Do you want to give some but, examples? Do you want to give some Yes, examples? I will give an example of, of let's say, a teacher. Mm -hmm. A teacher, a guru. Um, doctor? Would you say a doctor is an archetype? Healer. 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 So I'm not sure doctors are doing a very good job at healing, but that's another story. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the healer is definitely an archetype, the midwife, mother and father. So it's actually the way that the infinite dresses up. So these are powerful points of, of reference, of energy, that everybody knows what a teacher is, wherever you are, whatever language you have, um, everybody will know what that is and a healer because it's part of our human um, makeup of energy possibilities, okay? But over the time, these uh, change. 
And we're really coming now into um, another period of change. We all know that. And one of the things which is characteristic in the, the archetypal world is that the victim mm. uh, archetype, so which could be the martyr as well, of the victim, the poor me, you know, syndrome. And that's an archetype. You just get into this kind of rut of being like that. And there's an energy that pulls you along because everybody knows what it is and what it feels like. Um, and so in order to be the victim, you've got to have somebody who beats up on you. <laughs> you've got to have the persecutor. And so these two go together. They play together. Mm -hmm. So there's never one without the other. You can have them both inside yourself. You can beat up on yourself, mm -hmm. but there's always one who beats up and there's always one who's the victim, right? Mm -hmm. So you can see how this is played out um inside ourselves in our families in society all the way on to the global stage um and these two cards are actually in the process of being withdrawn mm -hmm. so you see now people waking up and taking responsibility mm -hmm. that i'm not a victim everything that happens to me i've created it mm -hmm. if not in this life in a past life it's just the boomerang coming back. Mm -hmm. But nobody has ever done anything to me. Mm -hmm. So this is what's taking its place. Mm -hmm. We talk about empowerment, uh, all these, you know, creating your own reality. This mm -hmm. is all signs that humanity is changing with this new energy. Mm -hmm. So there are many different uh, new archetypes. And one of them that many of you will probably be able to, and I know, Rosie, you, we talked a little bit about this, not much, but we'll be able to identify with, is in the past, somebody who is imparting spiritual knowledge and helping to um, enlighten their followers or disciples was known as a guru. Mm -hmm. That's what actually that means, right, in Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. um, somebody who takes away the darkness and reveals the light to you. Um, well, we all know that if we say guru, um, you know, especially those of us who've visited India, you imagine the person with the long flowing gown who's sitting uh, and his many, many devotee or her many devotees at the floor, sitting cross-legged and doing everything the guru says, right? So, and that's not negative. It just is an archetype. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is, is that some Western people are trying to kind of play that archetype. Mm. And it's going out of fashion. Mm. It used to be absolutely the guru would take you to where, to enlightenment, where you want to go. Now, I'm not saying there aren't other people who can take you. So it's not that we don't need help. We do need help. Mm -hmm. We're not, if we're going to learn anything, we don't start from scratch. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn the violin, you're not just going to sit in your room and, and start from scratch and figure it all out. Mm -hmm. You'll go and get a teacher who will help you at least to, to get going up to a certain level, and then you can add something. So we do need teachers. And that that is the recognition of the requirement for support because I think this is also part of that moving from separation to unified consciousness is like 
we're all none of us are doing this alone but the ego programming the struggle paradigm is based on I've got I'm in survival mode right? I've got to fend for myself I'm on my own so what's the upgrade of the guru because I'm kind of hearing conscious co-creators a new archetype um you know I'm just like feeling into what what would be the upgrade of the guru in your opinion in terms of the new world nothing nothing why do you have to name the nameless Good. just everybody will just be them who else can they be so how everybody you, else is taken everyone else is yeah i am uniquely me i am unapologetically me yeah i love that and so basically if we just say well this is rosie this is julie we're unique we are who we are we don't need to be put in a box in order to be seen anymore mm. Mm. we just need to be our own authentic self and what happens is we didn't get that when we were um, in our mother's womb or at birth or in early infancy we didn't get seen for who we are mm. but if you are seen for who you are then you know you don't need somebody to call you a teacher to be a teacher Mm -hmm. You know you're a teacher. You know you're a this. You know you're a that. Because all the rest is trying to get validation mm -hmm. from others because you're not really sure of who you are. Mm -hmm. and that when you're completely sure of who you are, you just are. Yeah. This and you're this, free. This is what I describe as the, you know, claiming our internal authority again and unplugging from looking for that validation externally. It's also exactly. what Bruce Lipton talks about, right? And it's the the codependent relationships in this world today are based on us trying to feed off each other when we can actually directly feed from source and I when you're talking I'm like yeah the divine spark that is uniquely me uniquely you yet when people wake up to this and it's like well who is my authentic self what is my authentic self it's like a huge cavern of oh my goodness I don't know and it's in that sitting of, in the not knowing that's terrifying it seems as part of the awakening process exactly and and the letting go mm -hmm. the letting go of thinking i'm a this and i'm a that i'm i'm a white person i'm heterosexual or whatever i'm um british i'm what whatever we identify with none of it is real is it no no so i'm whatever label i put on me I, when I first got married and, and my husband and I, our relationship is, is a spiritual one from the top down to the, the, the cell from sub, super conscious to subconscious um, and uh, an alchemical transformation relationship. And um, so I didn't want to get married. I didn't want children. And um, I, when people started first calling me Mrs. Jerlin and Mrs. Captain, because he was an airline captain, uh, on the flight oh you know madame commandant um, I, I was like horrified and I remember feeling triggered feeling but that's not me they don't see me for who I am you know I'm not that mm. until I was able to take this home and say well wait a minute do I do I care if they see you or don't you and then I said well no I don't actually mm. they can call me whatever they want it won't change who I am it might change their experience but that's okay that's their experience mm. i will be who i am you know what what did they say um as something arose by any other name is still arose mm -hmm. 
So if you see yourself as a soul, as part of the divine, whatever anybody calls you, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you know that you're the divine. Mm-hmm. And it's not your personality that will be. You know, that's just like a wave on the ocean. It comes up and then it'll be gone shortly. But th- this is, a, I, I'm really hearing this. And I think this is so important for those who are listening to recognize, because going back to what you said before about what we tune into for entertainment, this is, you know, we're programmed, right? In, from our time in the womb, I always, I always say mum's like the periscope. She's looking at the world around her, deciding how safe she is or not. All of her hormones are passing information to the baby about how to develop according to the conditions of her environment, whether she feels supported or not, etc. Then we come out with this particular cocktail of like, and you know, our, our sort of hormonal balance, if you like, and we're drawn to what we watch, what we listen to, what we read stimulates that particular hormonal response. And we know in the field, like adrenaline's a wide scope, right? It's excitement and terror all in one. So some people are watching action movies, others are watching thrillers, others are watching dramas. But if you break it down, it's it comes down to getting this fix of what's familiar, but not necessarily comfortable. And everything I feel you've said today is kind of, I feel we have to sell change to ourselves, otherwise we don't do it. And you've just described the wild factor and it's like, okay, what's better than this? What would make me step out of the familiar and what I know and go, I want that. I'm lining up with that. That's the story I want to tell. That's the story I want to live. And you you were talking to me about activating superpowers and teleporting. And I'm like, you know, this is the reality that we are capable of when we recognize the body and the non-physical body and what it's capable of doing, right? Absolutely. And this is this is where um, my experiences of, I mean, many of you will have children. And is, so if you're down on the floor playing with a child, or if you remember when you did that, is that in our imagination, we're free. And this is where it's seeded. Is and it's seeded obviously for the adrenaline and the and the oxytocin because it's a choice between one or the other continually until you've made a new default setting. But in your imagination, you can go anywhere and do anything. And so people then they they just say to children, Oh, well, that's just made up. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> the body can't tell the difference if it's made up or not. Exactly. So who's to say that that's not absolutely real for that person mm-hmm. so this is where we we have been you know handicapping ourselves mm-hmm. because we have this potential but the mind has come along and has accepted a, a certain indoctrin indoctrination um a, a self hypnosis mm-hmm. that says oh no no this can't exist Mm. oh no we can't have that Mm -hmm. oh no this isn't possible Mm -hmm. and so guess what may it be to you as unto your faith if Mm. you think you can't do it you can't do it but what happens if you stay free in your imagination and you think you can do it and you imagine it well if you keep that going for a little while it will actually descend Mm -hmm. into the physical realm Mm -hmm. and you will find yourself doing it Mm -hmm. 
So the message is we have to play make-believe. And this is what's kind of been knocked out of us from, from before school, our parents, whatever it is, that part of the brain that can imagine allows us to actually create something different in the future from our programming in the past. That's what it's down to, right? And that is the power of entertainment and media because ultimately everything that's constantly reinforced is going in sublimely. We are in a hypnotic state the moment we turn something on and relax, right? But it's like through the power of imagining how things could be different, we start to get those sensations. We start to come into it. As you said, we just need to hold it. The resistance will show up. And that's why there's teachers like you and me out there in the world to help clear that and, and realign. But, you know, it's all in the imagining a whole new world. Completely, completely. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, even what you see, um, in one of our classes, we show, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but you show um, a shoe. And it's really quite interesting because some people, probably most people, see the shoe as green. And I can't remember what the laces are in another color. I've never seen it green. I see it pink. And so we have this laugh because I've only ever seen it pink. And so they say that people who are very right-brained see it pink. And we could end up in a total argument, let's say, with my husband, because he says, no, it's gray or green, whatever they see it. I don't know, but I haven't seen it like that. Mm. Uh, and I'm absolutely adamant it is pink. Mm. And it is pink for mm. me. Mm -hmm. So this is where this is really interesting, because if somebody says um, this is something because they believe it so much, it is for them. Mm -hmm. And if instead of getting into fight, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No, no, no. Uh, that we can just say, oh, I get it. This is this for you. Mm -hmm and understand that we are actually from the inside out building our own reality mm -hmm. completely mm -hmm. so as a there's a thing going on right now that's it they're going to dominate us mm -hmm. they're going to stop us from going outside they're going to jab us all up and uh, all this stuff right and they're going to take our money has any of you heard any of this going around let everyone this is the thing and just before you go there like we're seeing it in the three what i call the 3d world which is the mainstream narrative but also in the alternate narrative world there's all i'm not going to use certain words because i don't want to trigger them with facebook and all the rest of it but there's more fear you know 3d 4d more fear the world of the physical terror the world of the mind terror well to access our superpowers we kind of have to move through that and go is that the reality i choose Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I, I just tell you how I learned this. And I was very young. My brother's three years older than me. And he was uh, what I learned later, an adrenaline junkie from very young. Mm -hmm. And we used to play like a lot of kids on the block, uh, hide and seek, but in a group. Mm -hmm. So you get one group who are hiding their eyes and counting and then the other group had to run and hide. Right. Wow. And so that was already fun, you know, um, in the dark, because it's just getting dark at six o'clock in, in Hong Kong. And um, one day, my brother decides to spice it up a bit. And he says, let's imagine, because he has incredible imagination, let's imagine 
that the people who, those who are coming after us, they're the Germans. And this is like in the early 60s, when the only, practically the only movies on television were the war movies. So he'd picked this up. And so there was I, probably five, six years old, um, hiding in the dark from this group of kids who I saw then as the Germans. And if they're going to get me, I'm going to be tortured, I'm going to be killed. And I remember to this day, like, almost wetting myself in fear. And they'll find me, they'll find me. <laughs> now we can laugh. But then for, for a young kid, this was really quite something. So what happened was the next day, I did it maybe twice maximum. And then my brother came, come on, Jules, we're going outside with the others and we're going to play the Germans. And Jules says, uh-uh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember this being in terror and panic. And now I'm at home and safe. And I could feel in my body, oh, I'm safe here. Everything's fine. And um, I said to him, no, I don't want to play. Mm. He went and be then became really the adrenaline junkie. Mm. And then I was choosing my default setting. Mm. I was saying, no, I want to feel in my body. I want to feel safe. I want to feel loved. I want to feel where everything's nice. And I can make up nice stories and live in that. I can leave my body, which I was. I was living in trance already, very young. and um, And I just stayed with that. So now... When I hear people, and often I talk with my, my husband about this, so that we become really, really clear to pass this on to our students, is um, so the, the people who were saying um, one side or the other, either you've got the dreaded viruses out to get you, what do I hear is my brother saying, come on, Jules, let's go and play this. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some people who plug into it because they want to play it. There were kids who liked to play that, or at least they did it. Yeah, it was it was their feeding their cocktail, wasn't it? It was feeding what they were used to in, in the womb. Exactly. And I just said, no, I'm out of here. Mm. And um, so when people now propose me, so it's either the dreaded virus or it's the dreaded whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's still the same game. Yeah with a different name. And I'm saying, oh, wait a minute, what's the new one? Mm -hmm. So this is where collectively, and I believe this is really what you're doing, is with this new narrative, we're all coming together with free beings, actually. We're empowered saying, hey, we don't want to play the Germans. What are we going to play? <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's the chess, the, the chess game of duality is gone, if we want it to be. And I saw puzzle pieces everywhere, and they're all sparkly little puzzle pieces. And now the game is creating the Paradise Earth puzzle. And it's like all of us, like, do we want to play? Who wants to play? We did vampires and zombies, and I was exactly like you, five, six years old, terrified. Like, what are we doing? Couldn't deal with it. So, oh, I'm okay. There's so much to share. So once, once you open these doors, you see, because everything that you think and feel has a wavelength. And actually we tap into a world that already exists. Entities exist everywhere. Mm. 
-hmm. So from the microscopic to the macroscopic. Mm -hmm. So in actual fact, when you choose another game, you're actually uh, putting yourself on a wavelength that is a powerful energy, which actually then attracts and you end up feeding different entities. Mm -hmm. So this is where you can feed the angels mm -hmm. through your emanations. And then guess what? As you're feeding them, you become like, let's say, the rose that's put, giving off this incredible uh, perfume energetically. And these entities who are divine beings come. And when they come, they bring all their gifts. They come into your aura space and you just feel this absolute bliss. And they're sharing with you their gifts. Mm -hmm. And then you start saying, wow, I thought I was here with my perfume and it was already quite good. But wow, this is like, and this is the star because we, and one of the things that I teach is that we actually do live in the cosmos. So I've taught this to many doctors and, and they know that the electrolyte system in our body um, that goes into our cell the uh, pushes the sodium and the calcium into the cell or the magnesium and the potassium um, is activated by the sun and the moon wow. so we are cosmic beings yeah. if we take away the sun we won't get up in the morning yeah so if we take away the moon and the magnesium and potassium this day night balance um we wouldn't be able to exist in this body so these are messages from the sun and the moon. So the damage that has been done is to say, oh, well, it's just all um, mechanical. And it all just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. But if you just make this one switch and say, but what if it was all conscious? Mm -hmm. What if in the morning when I wake up, I'm conscious that I'm receiving a message, a conscious message from the sun right into my cells. And I'm able to experience that and, and the result and reply to it. So I've now started a conscious relationship with the sun. Mm. And the more I become conscious, the more I hear what the sun is telling me in every fiber of my being, in every cell, then I'm really living as a cosmic being. And then the moon, when the moon's influence kicks in at the end of the day when the sun goes down, uh, the moon, we capture the moon's energy, which is going to push the, um, uh, what did I just say? The potassium and the um, calcium. Calcium, I think you said. No, it's the calcium and sodium and potassium and uh, it's just gone. I just said it just now. But anyway, um, into, yeah, it's part of the electrolyte system. What's it's not um, anyway? It'll come. You'll know what I said just now. Um, so that then is activated. But who is it activated by? The moon. So is she a real being who's speaking to us? Yes. Mm -hmm. So if I can instruct, because you've heard you've heard the story right around the fact that it's not the moon 
is has come in later. It was implanted later. Have you heard that before? Uh, later than what? So apparently in our solar system, this is just something I've heard. I'm not, you know, it's just in, in the peripheral of my consciousness that um, we've obviously spent a lot of time connecting to the moon, especially as women, right? And we know how the moon affects us and the tides of the water, et cetera. But something that started to, I became aware of about a year ago is the conversation around the fact that the moon is not actually a natural construct. It was in, it was implanted into our solar system in order to create the illusion of time and to kind of keep us trapped in a cycle, as it were. Now, maybe it's all true, you know, but it's that relationship, right, of, of as you just said, and I'm just hearing we're stardust on a microscopic level. But sorry, go back to what you were saying about the moon. Exactly. So all, all I'm saying is that our, our level of consciousness expands when we see everything as alive and conscious mm. so whatever it is i'm receiving a message mm. and i can learn to listen to that message mm. and get the download mm. and if this is true because this is science right so scientists and doctors will say to me well we know that but we've never thought of it like that well yeah that's the key <laughs> um and so if this is true for the sun and the moon, then it's true for all. So we in, in ourselves, once we've opened up ourselves, at the moment they're all closed down. Mm. And that's another whole chapter. Mm. But once we've started to open up ourselves, um, we are receiving messages from all over the cosmos mm. at all times. And we can actually consciously reply mm -hmm. so that it's just a breathing mm -hmm. of what am I sending out to the universe? What am I sending in? And this becomes a cellular fact. It is already to some extent, but we're just not conscious of it. Mm -hmm. And then we can't really hear because all the channels are all blocked up. Mm -hmm. So we have to open the cells. The cells are all closed off right now. Mm -hmm. But once we learn to, to open them, they become permeable mm. to all these cosmic uh, vibrations and, and rays that, that we receive. We receive them consciously. We emit consciously. We are cosmic beings. We're living in, in through our body. Um, so when people say to me, oh, the body is 3D, I disagree 100%. The body is not 3D. It's our perception of the body. It, it can just 3D or 4D or 5D is only our perception. It only exists in perception. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just with you 100% because I'm hearing the relationship on receiving and giving as well. The relationship of the out-breath, the in-breath, the, we, 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 you know, making the mundane magical and really kind of saying it is 3D, it is 4D, it is 5D. They're all coexisting and well beyond that. What do you want to focus on, right? So just aware of time, I'd love to hear a little bit about your book and especially about this summit as well, because I remember when we were talking, you, you, you know, the, the summit is called the Sacred Feminine Breastfeeding the New Humanity. And it's like, you know, E easily people kind of go well breastfeeding is not relevant to me right that's the first that's exactly thing, what right? I did <laughs> exactly so do you want to share about that first because that's coming up first to 7th of August isn't it is that correct exactly 
Yeah. So when when I we spoke to our uh, global community of the uh, birthing the new humanity group movement, um, we suggested we would do another summit. We've just done one on the womb to thrive, which is the name of our book. And uh, one of our colleagues said breastfeeding. And honestly, I just thought to myself, okay then, but really? And um, as I never wanted to be a mother, birth really excites me now because I really get it. I've gone into it deeply and I'm in my bliss in that. But breasts, I thought, well, okay. And so I said to my colleague, um, and she's, uh, she's got an MA in psych clinical psychology, I said to her, I said, are you interested in breastfeeding? And she went, so I said, me neither. So I said, so how can we do this summit? And then as I was just tuning in and we started to talk, I said, well, why do we have breasts anyway? Does anybody ever think about why we have breasts? And I thought back to a teenager growing my breasts and thinking, what did I do with my breasts? Okay, my father made fun of me. My brother made fun of me. The school kids tried to fill me up. What, what, what is this thing with these breasts? <laughs> and we can't talk about breastfeeding without talking about breasts. Mm. So then I was more into, okay, so body, boobs, and boys. The wow we didn't even think we had breasts if there weren't boys in the room. It's the moment there's a boy in the room that suddenly we become conscious there, at least for me. Mm -hmm. So I said to my, uh, my colleague who used to be a school clinical psychologist, I said, have you ever had young people who have had kind of trauma or difficulties, psychological difficulties around their breasts? And she said, God, yes, loads. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, this is getting interesting now. So body, boobs, and boys, I said, so let's go into what is the sacred. You know, I get the sacredness of our hand and our eyes, and I've just been going like this. We listen. You know, this is all really sacred for me. But I said, we haven't really explored and taken a deep dive into breasts. So she was like saying, well, this is starting to get really like, wow, now. And so as we, we went into it, we actually ended up in the cosmos with the Milky Way, with the moon, uh, with, we were downloading this information about why we have breasts, what's the new narrative of this, where does it need to start way before a mother's going to be breastfeeding, what are the implications, that I already knew. But I've also discovered many more breast cancer. Why is it so hoo-ha about breast cancer? Mammograms. I've never had one in my life. I would never have my boobs squeezed in a, these funny things. Um, but a lot of people do. So I thought, wow, okay. So now we've stumbled upon something which is like really, really, really important. Mm. And so we were going to have at first one day and we were going to have a few recorded talks. And that was us done and dusted. And now we have seven days, three talks a day, uh, amazing people uh, from all over the world, including somebody who's joining us from Africa. And he's a medical doctor, but he's completely into the African ways of healing, traditional African ways of healing. So we're going from the infinite to the infant. We're going to, to, to breast, to healing, to trauma, to 
all kinds of aspects around breasts and actually is really really interesting because right. we're all concerned yeah and it, you know this is i'm i'm fascinated too because when i first looked at the title i was like okay this would be interesting but it's making it real for everybody because the concept of nurturing I love what you just said about the infinite and the infant it's these these words and these associations and like there's been you know I think it's important to name it at this point because I, I was I had a book launch yesterday for a book that I'm now multi-author multi-author book called women leading in the new world and you know we're at a point where there's a lot of conversation about gender there's a lot of conversation about non-binary about not wanting to identify with the gender and, you know, then we've got things going to extremes as well and saying, well, you know, this should be neutral for everybody. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Don't we get a chance to choose for ourselves what we really want? Um, the whole thing, there was a big hoo-ha in England about changing the word breastfeeding to chest feeding. And thankfully that's died a death because in the desire to not offend a few, and it could be many in the few, like I don't want to marginalise it, we end up then totally stripping ourselves away of the magic it's not I mean identity is interesting we've already talked about it but the breasts you know that's how we nourish our young that is how the next generation thrives because it's more than food isn't it it's much connection do you want to say anything more about that the mother is becomes in her in her power because she's not just kind of like an animal mother she's a divine representative and her body is channeling this divine mother's energy to her child and this is what mothers when they got cut off from this they say oh well we just don't want to be home my mother said to me when I was about 50 she said I, I said look you're a nice woman you're a good person but you just weren't there as a mother mm. and so she looked at me in the eyes I mean honestly and she said to me so well, what was I supposed to do? Stay home with you? I was like, well, um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, why? Because mothers now feel so cut off that they've they've taken the uh, the lead of the men and excelled. I mean, anything a man can do, a woman can do better. We know that. Mm. Um, she's proved herself, but she has cut herself off from this amazing grace of being able to channel this sacred energy from the highest. Can you imagine the whole of the universe is being nurtured and nourished? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't still be going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't exist. It would have all collapsed in. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the sacred mother is, is basically all that we see. Mm -hmm. And if we're still being nourished by energy and, and food and light and water, it's because of who? The sacred feminine. Which was cut so, out of our spirituality for a very And long we will time. be talking about that with somebody who's really an expert in that. Mm. Um, and we'll be bringing in that. We'll be bringing in the Vedas with, um, with Vedic scholars, with doctors, with all kinds of the African healing point of view so that we can restore what really is the connection between the infinite energies that we're meant to be channeling through everything, through when we speak, when we look, through our hands, 
through everything that we do. And again, we come back to being our cosmic identity. And um, it's not just mothers say to me, well, I don't want to just have to stay home and breastfeed. And I thought to myself, well, if I thought like that, I wouldn't want to either. Mm-hmm. Change a narrative and you change everything. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're doing. We're not, you know, um, putting this on anybody. It's a, it's a discussion. Mm-hmm. It's uh, points of view so that people can be inspired to think and feel and maybe do some research into how we can get this wow factor. How can we live now in our cosmic selves saying, wow, instead of, oh, well, do I have to go to work? Or, well, do I have to do this? No, of course you don't. But what if everything we did was filled with this bliss, this high, high, high energy that from the from the moment you woke up to the moment you went to sleep and in fact sleeping is basically leaving your body consciously to to expand and then come into your body where you have a work with all these cosmic energies to bring it in to express it here through everything you do so you you're getting your your nurturing you're getting your nourishment from the infinite at all time and passing it on. And that's what the mother is doing while she's breastfeeding. And it is actually, even physically, absolutely amazing what is scientifically being discovered. Mm. And that people who think that there is a choice between infant formula and breast milk really haven't even started their <laughs> their journey yet. They're no, completely in the dark ages. So from what you've said, I, yeah, and I, this is the thing, isn't it? It's between kind of filler and actually what is going to really nourish us versus what is just going to sustain us and how we want to live. And I have a sense that for anyone who, who wants to, you know, tune into this summit, because we'll put the links to everything that Julie's talking about um, once we finalise this video. Mm-hmm. But basically... If you had trouble breastfeeding, if you're scared you're going to have trouble breastfeeding, if you weren't breastfed, this is not like an invitation to come and feel sorry for yourself. It's it's an invitation to come and actually download some codes. That's what I'm really picking up to kind of allow yourself to thrive anyway, because once you plug into what's being said, you can pull that in from the cosmos. Right. Exactly. And we will have a panel, an open discussion panel on healing. And this will be with my husband and myself. Um, because it's one of our of our strengths how can we change we always say um, it's it's never too late to have a happy childhood you can at any time why because we can change our past is here now we can change it our future is here now we can change it so um, there's nothing that you can't do but if you're not conscious you're going to be stuck with what you've got so if you want to be stuck with your trauma and limitation that's fine by me but if you're ready to get out of it, come along, find out how to do it, get with the program, get with other people, get it done and dusted and say, wow, I used to feel like this, but now I don't. Yeah. How cool is this? And for me, this is, this is living. If you're not living this, you're, you're still half asleep. And it's an invitation to really um, everything that we do and everything that's happening right now is an invitation to wake up and smell the roses and to see that everything has been created in such an absolutely fantastic way. There's nowhere where cosmic intelligence is not. 
and we are part and parcel of it and we it is in us it's in every single one of our cells and so how do we just simply tap into that you know how do we build a relationship with ourselves so we can talk to ourselves and get the answer people say to me oh well can you recommend a book I said well you are a book why do you need a book why don't you learn how to speak to your body well I don't know what to eat so well who knows better than your body what you need to be eating right nobody Mm. So can you just ask your body and get it? Yes, of course you can. Mm. Oh, I'm just We need to have you back if you're happy to come back because I think there's so many things we could actually talk about. I'd be very interested in the comments that come through. I think I've got something here. Um, yeah, there's this sense of really going... Uh, one of the comments that came through is about being in transition in labor and actually moving beyond that we were just talking about that just before we went online didn't we so um getting past the pain and fear of the mind and becoming one with our bodies instead but actually really it's not I think this was what really scared me about moving away from my kind of you know I was adrenaline junkie and I'm recovering from that very much now but it all had to be wow and exciting but sort of it was alcohol induced it was drug induced it was this it was that and the idea of coming to sitting and just being just seems so dull and boring to me, right? That it's not going to happen unless I'm hearing something like what you're saying. I'm like, I want that. That seems worth the trouble, worth the change, worth worth the discomfort. Now, the, your book, okay, which is available on Amazon, isn't it? Um, the, do you want to say a little bit about that before we sign off? Because we're just just over the hour, but I feel it's really important people hear about this because, again, it's more of these awakening codes. Exactly. So this book called Womb to Thrive, The Missing Keys to Heal Yourself, Your Family and the Planet, is really about what happens in the womb and through birth, how that affects us. And so there are 26 global uh, experts and young people who have written chapters and they have, I compiled it and they have written about their own stories. So it's really easy to read. It's storybook of real stories and um, difficulties and how people have gone from uh, struggle and survival to thriving. And um, we've had, we have, um, top pioneers in the world, doctors, obstetricians. Um, and we also have young people. We have an Afghan midwife who's in a refugee camp in, in Jakarta, for example. And we have a young Kenyan man who's also part of our community who started a birth center in the slums in Nairobi. We have amazing people who tell their stories of what they're living, what they're doing, and how this um, beginnings, how our beginnings from preconception to birth and infancy really does make us who we are and how and what we can do to, to change it. Mm -hmm. So this is um, in terms of a global change. If we don't change this piece, the rest ain't gonna come. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm sure you you all know that through Rosie, but um, this is a fantastic book, even if you know this, to pass on to other people. You can get it as a Kindle version or the, the uh, paperback version. 
And as I said, it's very easy to read. You can pick it up and just read one chapter and um, you'll be really surprised that um, what comes out of the stories and pick up and learn things that you'll be able to pass on to others. You'll be able to say, because I know that the people listening here are not just living for themselves, but because you, you want to help other people, your heart-centered people, um, that you will have real stories that you can say to people, you know, maybe to your children or your brothers and sisters who have children or whatever. Um, wow, I didn't know, but we've people have lived this and discovered that, and you'll be able to pass these stories on because they really are profound to help people understand their problems now because we don't associate it for years we've we've just 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 kind of got our heads around that some trauma now is coming from our early childhood mm. that's kind of but birth trauma prenatal trauma which is but it's so ironic because we actually i've mentioned it a few times we have a cross party a political party manifesto in england called um, 1001 days you know you will know about it and it's from conception through to the first two years i actually spoke twice in the british parliament well look, and... I, look I look on the on uh, the government website to see what that actually means and it's literally all just about logistics nothing to do with actually how important it is to nurture the mother so that you can nurture the child and that's how far back our system is at the moment right it can't even fathom that what did you want to say about that sorry Julie. no no it's just I know Andrea Andrea led some uh, we actually took her to the UN because uh, at the time that was the most groundbreaking document that came out from the UK and we were instrumental in bringing this to the United Nations and then getting the follow-up of that, which is the nurturing care document, which does say that from conception or from pregnancy to age three uh, is the time where we lay the foundation, lifelong foundation. Mm. So we know today that if you're suffering from heart disease at 50, um, the origin is prenatal mm. or perinatal. Mm -hmm. so this is clear. So how can we change it? is we have to know the origin and not keep supporting all this research to try to find a cure. That's this, with this everything. Is, <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely old paradigm, but dinosaur age for us mm. is that we shouldn't have this. Mm -hmm. So we've got people who are creating this for us. Thank you very much. And I've spoken about this at the United Nations. And... Um, when they, they gave uh, the chief of protocol at uh, Ban Ki-moon's uh, office when he was uh, the secretary general, uh, gave a, a heart-throbbing story of how we should give money for breast cancer research. And I was just bubbling and I just boiled and boiled and boiled to, when it came to questions, I got the microphone and, and I just said, wait a minute, the first step to do this is there are hundreds, if not thousands now, of known carcinogenic substances which are proved. Thousands and thousands of barrels of these toxins are being produced every day. Um, the first thing to do is have a moratorium and stop, ban. I'm just talking about the known ones. Mm -hmm. And um, so I said, we need to, to ban the cause 
and then nobody will get the breast cancer. She was livid. She was furious with me. Mm -hmm. And we passed by in the corridor and she put her nose up at me mm -hmm. and she said, the United Nations is a little club and you're not in it. And I thought to myself, you bet I'm not. <laughs> you know, I mean, how about that for a signature? We're just going to keep making you sick and you're going to have to pay. We want your money. No, come on, folks. We need to wake up now. We can do better stop, than that. Yeah. Stop creating this stuff. Yeah. And let's get on with really living and thriving. We can do it. We're doing it. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you in this space and I'm just over the moon thank you for everything you've shared Julie and let's definitely get you back if, if you're up for it once you've got for to sure there, I'd love to hear it. from the people in the in the group I've joined your group please send me some you know some messages and and let's keep this conversations going yeah. um because like that we can really support ourselves and each other and and um, make this movement grow Absolutely. And your movement is called the the birthing the new humanity, right? So we're, right. we're uniting star peace and birthing the new humanity is all part. We're all we're all like this. That's right. And exactly. I love it when someone as esteemed as you, you know, what you're even saying about the UN is just so important for people to hear because they've got these blinkers on that it's all good and it's all for the best. And it's like, wakey, wakey. No, your heart knows this already. So stop arguing with your head and let's do something amazing because we have the power within us so we'll leave that there we'll put all the details books available on amazon we'll put the information about the summit we'll give you um, please just share in the comments any questions and we'll come back and we'll have this conversation on the next level uh, the next wow factor <laughs> and all the best with it i'll be signing up as well i will make sure i get that done before the first i can't wait to hear more about it all and i'll be getting the book as well so so much. Fantastic. Later. Take care.